Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of the off-season edition of the TFS Dreamer Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am Wes Easley, one of your hosts. You can find me over on Twitter at It on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. And of course, follow my friend. Pierre, Pierre, it's been such a long time. I've almost forgotten your handle, but I, I, I got it. It's right there in the memory banks now. At Peewee31, you will be in there just like Craig Ironhead Head Hayward. Your Twitter handle will be in there. Locked in forever. <laughs> I've had that user for like a lot of things like throughout my entire life, it seems. So hopefully you lock it in. I hope you're doing well. Long time no talk. Uh, glad to get back on here even during the the NFL DFS offseason and just yeah. kind of talk some sports and what's going on. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's always one of those things at the end of a football season. You're like, okay, let's just take one week off. Then one week leads into another week. Then the next, March, March is a madness for me besides the NCAA tournament or anything like that. I got birthdays, <laughs> anniversaries all in the same week. So I can't start that week. And then the next week, something, you know, just goofy stuff happens, man. Uh, but we're, I, I said, let's get back in the saddle. I said that about three weeks ago and it didn't happen, <laughs> <laughs> but I, we, we made it happen this week. I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. I was, I think when you first reached out, I was on break myself. So yeah, yeah. March can definitely be busy, but good to, just good to be back. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a, a few things here and just kind of dive into the world of sports, but yeah, it's, we're going to, we're going to seasons. And, and, you know, I wanted to get on here during the NFL after season, after the Super Bowl, after the Rams won the Super Bowl, I think we did pretty good too on that podcast that you, me, and Rob did together, where we were talking about the Super Bowl showdown contest, and we actually picked some winners there. And I thought OBJ was going to have a huge game for us because we all kind of went, okay, yeah, OBJ's the guy because receivers were the ones <laughs> in the showdown lineups that you always wanted to pick and, and put in the captain spot. And then he went mm-hmm. down early in that game, but still, uh, I, I believe the Rams had a great game that game and just ended up winning everything. I thought that last drive, I thought the Bengals were going to be able to pull it out, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of points, uh, even with the, the way the game went. So, obviously, Cooper Cup, no matter what, yeah, uh, still was a thing. Uh, Higgins was the the big play on the other side for the, mm-hmm. the Bengals, thanks to the little you know push-off he got on Ramsey there for the big touchdown. But, yeah, the Bengals had a chance there late. I think if Burrow would have had maybe two or three more seconds, uh, you saw Chase kind of break open there. Uh, he probably would have would have uh, taken them to the lead uh, if he would have hit Chase. Uh, the offensive line, you know, really didn't hold up for him there late uh, during that game. <laughs> I think they're addressing that this off season themselves. Uh, but good game overall, and really good run from the Bengals. I was surprised that Burrow got up at that that one. But I thought I, his, I thought his knee was broke, man. I thought I thought I said, oh no. I, I think everyone's heart kind of sunk. A lot of people were pulling for Cincinnati. Uh, even though Stafford, you know, he had the feel-good story with Detroit, but it was still Los Angeles. Uh, so I think once the Bengals got there, most were rooting for the Bengals. But, yeah, I was just glad he was healthy enough to continue on and it wasn't, you know, more structural damage like he had with the ACL the year before. Yeah, looking back at that, even the postseason, I can't believe how much run Akers actually had in that postseason, just coming in cold from being hurt the entire year and, and still being able to produce like that. And and anyway, after the Super Bowl, I wanted to get together with you guys, and so many changes just started happening so fast. And I was like, okay, now it's time to regroup here. Let's get some of these uh, uh, changes in the NFL. Let's get some of these trades and everything under, under consideration for the fantasy aspect of things. And then they just kept piling on kept coming one after the other i don't and it's not you know pierre 
one of the most exciting days in the NFL season or offseason for me has always been draft day because those mm-hmm. are the days where players get moved. Those are the days where changes happen in, in, for an NFL roster. Dude, we haven't even made it to draft day yet. <laughs> it's been crazy. And like big names, not yeah. just like like average guys or even like pro bowlers. You've got like all pro talent that's <laughs> been on the move. It's been absolutely insane. And it's why the NFL is, you know, the the biggest sport, you know, East of America, uh, for sure. I know they say the baseball is America's pastime, but the NFL's definitely taken over, and it's still still in headlines, you know, during their off season, quote unquote. So it's it's definitely been exciting uh, leading up to the draft. Well, and, and we hit out to all kinds of fields here on the DFS Dreamer podcast on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. We talk about football. We talk about basketball. We're going to talk about baseball in this offseason of DFS time. And, and, and Pierre, I've reached out to you before and said, hey, man, can we make DFS lineups during the offseason in the NFL? And, you're, and you always said, nah, not really, because it, it's kind of hard to predict who's going to play and who's not going to play a day beforehand in the NBA and in the MLB. And there's just not enough hours in the day to be able to get this podcast recorded during the morning time or during the afternoon and then get it out before the evening time. It, it, it's just really hard to do that. Yeah, it's, it's tougher. Uh, you got the NFL. It's, it's like once a week, uh, which is a little easier. I know there's a couple games throughout the week when you include Monday night, Thursday night, et cetera. But you're, you're still just looking at once a week, whereas NBA, MLB, that's daily. Um, and a lot of news, you know, can break, you know, during the day leading up to lock. Uh, so it's a little tougher. It can still be done. Uh, obviously, there's bigger sites that, you know, have the bandwidth that can do it pretty easily themselves. But it's it's just tough uh, just because you, you really don't know what to expect, what's going to happen, especially NBA uh, round and out the season heading into the playoffs. You have a, a bunch of 10 day contracts, guys, you know, resting yeah. or just sitting out to heal. It becomes very, very difficult to actually even have the guys that are going to be in the lineup uh, the night before. So we're going to try to hit to all different fields here, right? NFL, NBA, MLB. We're going to try to give you a little bit of coverage of everything going into this this NFL offseason here, just to bring everybody up to speed, to get them all gathered together, and to make sure that we stay in a good routine of bringing you good content each week here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. We're going to do the same thing, Pierre, with Rob Norton as well, the daddy of the Baby Bowl. I mean, him and I are going to get together as well later on in the week and be able to talk some sports and and just hopefully bring different uh, different different kind of information to the listeners, I guess, is what it is. So we're going to take the NFL and we're going to break off each one of the divisions. Am I saying this right? Yeah, each one of the divisions, like the NFC East today, and we're just going to go over the rosters a little bit, look at some of these changes, because personally, Pierre, you know me, you're going to ask me who's playing on the Cowboys, and I'm I'm going to be saying (laughs) Emmitt Smith, you know, because I I can't keep my brain. I'm 50. I'm about to be 50 years old this year, and it's so hard to keep up with all these names. So I think this is going to be able to help us uh, do this, and we're also going to do that in the NBA because we're going to talk NBA playoffs and Major League Baseball. I think all three of these leagues, this is the problem now with our sporting events, Pierre, is that people who grew up playing Madden and could just make all these wild trades in Madden. You know how it was, man. Whenever you got in Madden <laughs> or uh, MLB or baseball or basketball game, you're like, I want that guy. You just start making trades left and right, oh, yeah. bringing everybody over. And pretty soon, you, the, the whole all the rosters are convoluted to the point you don't understand who's on what team anymore. You don't know what's reality. You don't know what's not reality. And I think that's what's ended up happening is all these kids that played those games on Nintendos or whatever uh, are now sitting in the front offices of these major league ball clubs, and they're just like, hey, yeah, that could be that could be part of it. A lot of those, you know, minds. I was those minds. You know, there's trades I always 
run through hypothetically in my own mind. But in addition to that, um, some of the the leagues have had guys that have wanted to, you know, team up and, you know, play with each other, chase rings, chase championships. And that also gives, you know, franchises ideas, you know, let's go out and get some of these bigger names. They're not necessarily, you know, tied to the, the, the franchise that drafted them. There's not that, you know, rapport or, you know, I just want to play for one team mentality anymore. Guys are, are willing to go play uh, with other good players in, in order to try to win a championship. That loyalty is not the same, which I don't blame them. It's really not, you know, really loyalty from the top either when it comes to, you know, owners and GMs that run these leagues. And it's just kind of changed the way the, the mentality is for both players and franchises now. I agree with you there. One of the big names, and you reached out to me here, and you said, hey, man, let's do an episode. Let's do an episode. It's hot. This is one of my most viral tweets ever, I think, you you were talking about, (laughs) was with Carson Wentz uh, with the Indianapolis Colts, whether or not he was going to get signed for the Indianapolis Colts. And he actually ended up signing with the Washington Commanders, their new new name. And and listen, (laughs) I'm going to try to be as politically correct and as as, uh, nice as I can be. But if you ever hear me say Redskins or the Cleveland Indians, I, I, I apologize right from the start man those like i said i'm about to be 50 i'm gonna it's sitting right in front of me now so i can see washington commanders but carson wentz going over there i think this is this is great for the commanders uh carson wentz is that veteran kind of uh, leadership that they're going to need i think they brought that in last year with Mm -hmm. fitzpatrick at the helm and then the injuries course got him and then the season was just rolling you know something else i've learned about the commanders is in some people's analytics or however you want to say it Mm-hmm. They're going to have the easiest schedule next year in the NFL. Last season, they had the hardest. Okay. Well, you look at their, their division, uh, it's not too tough. Um, you never know what's going to happen. Obviously, with the, the Cowboys, they're, they're hit or miss. The, the Giants, you know, top picks again, uh, seem to still be struggling. The, the Eagles didn't really play anybody themselves when they made the playoffs. But yeah, Washington. Commanders uh, acquired Wentz. Um, obviously, that was close to home for me, uh, being a Colts fan. And I tell you what, he's polarizing. Carson Wentz is a, a polarizing player, and he, I had so many people like reaching out. No, he's not. He's not this. And I'm like, I don't know half the people that were reaching out to me, which you, they kind of proved my point on how polarizing he was, because it's not necessarily you know folks on one side of the coin. Like people just have an opinion of him, good or bad. And it really felt like being an Eagles fan uh, before he was traded to Indianapolis because you see it like it was pretty much split where some just ready to get rid of him. He was the whole reason the Colts lost. He was the scapegoat. Uh, whereas the other side, folks, you know, realize on the field, he he was decent. He was pretty good. He, he had a, a better year than he had had in Philly, uh, showed he could still make plays. Um, but just early in the offseason, I really got the sense he was gone. Um, and it came from, you know, the the owner. Uh, Jim Irsay, who I, I think really is the, the main one that wanted him gone. But even like Bauer, Frank Wright, when you listen to their interviews, they they never backed him once. Uh, mm-hmm. All the other players, they they kind of made excuses for, or at least, you know, spoke around uh, some of the areas of opportunities of the team, whereas with him, nothing. They didn't back him at all. Uh, Reich would, you know, say, I stuck my neck out for him, et cetera. But I just got the sense early he wasn't going to be back, and that was clearly the case. Uh, traded him uh, to the commanders there in Washington. Got got a decent amount back. You know, when you look at they they were able to, to swap second-round picks this year, 
Uh, they got two third round picks as well. Uh, one can turn into a second if he plays 70% of the snaps. Uh, so ultimately, we kind of really just lost a, a first round pick for him, which, yeah, I know first round picks are important in the NFL, but we got a pretty good you know, return back given the circumstances, given no one else was apparently on him and we were going to release him. Um, all mm-hmm. reports out of Indianapolis, he was getting released uh, if we couldn't find a trade partner. So to, to be able to to get two thirds, swap uh, second rounders in this year's draft, uh, Matt Ryan kind of fell into our laps, but Washington made the move. Uh, they have the quarterback. Um, I probably would have stuck with Heineke myself for really cheap and, and try to surround him with some weapons. Uh, but they got Wentz. They got their guy. He's under contract. There's an out after this season uh, if they want to go that route. But what they gave up for him, I'm guessing they're hoping, you know, he can kind of continue to raise his play like he did some in Indy. Uh, still got a, a big guy in Terry McLaurin to throw the ball to, hopefully. Uh, they can extend him. Uh, he's going to be pricey given what yeah. these receivers are going for. Oh, yeah. You got Curtis Samuel, who was hurt majority of last year, was a big free agent signing the year before. So they have some talent. It's going to be about if, if Wentz can make the plays to, to bring it all together. Well, the whole reason why they brought him in there instead of keeping Taylor Heineke. Did you see how good Carson Wentz looked in the suit on the podium on his you know introduction? <laughs> he had the he had the the, the suit the flow. It was, it was <laughs> it looked, I'm sorry, I was like, whoa, who is that guy? Who he's got the Fitzpatrick swag bag is what he ended up having, <laughs> I think, behind there. Yeah, you're right. They still have it. Uh, J D McKissick, he's still on the team. I thought he had left. No, he changed his mind. I, I think he was oh. headed to Buffalo. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then he he backed out and, and went back to. To the, the commander saying he had some unfinished business there, so okay, it's not Antonio Gibson season just yet. <laughs> oh, see, that's and that's what everybody was barking about, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So I got that one, and, but I'm wrong. J.D. McKessick is still on there, so just uh, hey, see, this is this has always been educational for me sitting down with you, Pierre. Uh, <laughs> Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. I'm not real sold on Curtis Samuel. One good year there with the Panthers. Um, <laughs> we'll see if he can reproduce that weird year, like a Cordero Patterson kind of year is what he had whenever he was with the Panthers that one season when he kind of exploded and put his name on the scene. We'll see if he could do the same thing here with the Commanders this year. But, of course, they do have Logan Thomas, who has been an injury-plagued tight end. And I I hate to say that that stuff follows people around. But, you know, Logan Thomas hasn't always been built for the tight end position. You're a quarterback in in college. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I think our bones, and I don't (laughs) – we all know I'm not a medical (laughs) doctor. But, but, you know, our bones, we, we toughen up. With the positions that we play or the things that we do, we get a little bit stronger in those areas. And so I don't know at tight end if you necessarily haven't been built that way your entire career. Maybe your bones just aren't ready for that. Maybe your your <laughs> you know patella tendon just isn't ready for those kind of uh, the different the different angles and everything that you take on as a tight end compared to a quarterback. But Logan Thomas is still there. Any other mm-hmm. big names there that you see that have changed? No, not really on the, the roster that have changed. So um, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, hopefully they can stay healthy. I think that's going to be the key for them because you look, even Gibson was banged up a bit uh, himself some throughout yeah. the year. Uh, as we talk about Samuel, um, you just mentioned Logan Thomas, which, you know, obviously John Bates kind of try to step in there, but they'll have to, to try to stay healthy. They'll have to protect Wentz because he's, he's got his own injury issues you know he hurt his foot mm-hmm. before the season even started here in indy so they're a fragile team uh but they they do have some talent if they can stay healthy but that's a big question mark 
We'll move on from the commanders here. Just, uh, you know, one last thing. Dwayne Haskins passed away this past weekend, I believe, uh, of a tragic accident on the freeway and everything. Whenever mm-hmm. I see stuff like that, too, we've always seen those narratives uh, at different times play out during different seasons. Like, oh, and, you know, it's such a so nice, you know, they dedicate a season to Dwayne Haskins and stuff like that. So I'm putting that a little bit on the radar for the Washington Commanders. Not only do they have the easiest schedule, they'll have mm-hmm. something to play for. Ron Rivera is a great rah-rah kind of a guy. I know that uh, Dwayne Haskins didn't necessarily leave on the best of terms with the Washington Commanders, but a lot of times tragedy can bring people together like that as well. So the Commanders will maybe have a, a kind of a magical season in front of them. I mean, it's always possible. You you hate tragic news, um, lies being taken too soon. Um, definitely thoughts and prayers out to his family. But it's there's always something. I don't, don't want to say magical, but there's there's something unique about those situations where mm-hmm. just teams just seem to rally uh, around tragedy. Um, so that's something to look at, obviously for for Washington, even the the Steelers, who he was you know, a part of when this, when it's taking place. So just teams to, to see if they can, you know, rally and it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough and tragic. I, I well, I, I, I can't, I, I can't remember. There was something like where it was, well, no, I was going to say on the same day as, uh, who was the safety there that, that passed away too? Suddenly oh, Sean Taylor. Yeah, there. I mean, the dates like connected somehow, somewhere. I can't remember. I fill my mind with so many of those different little weird <laughs> things like that. I can't remember which one it is. Maybe you'll have to Google. I might have to Google that one and bring it back next week. The Philadelphia Eagles roster. I don't think it's flipped all that much, Pierre. But man, Jalen Hurts sure does feel like he's still on the hot seat there in Philadelphia. I don't know. Philadelphia uh, wants to trade Santa Claus too, so I'm not really too concerned <laughs> about whether or not Jalen Hurts is on the hot seat. Yeah, they don't. Gardner Minshew is he going to come in there and do it? I know he did it for that one week during the regular season but I mean, Jalen Jalen's a solid quarterback and co- quarterback is a hard position to find in the NFL it is I think they'll they'll position themselves to upgrade him um, I think that was kind of part of the the Saints trade where they they acquired uh their the 2023 first round pick from the Saints for one of their three first round picks this year um he'll 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 They'll get some talent surrounding him. Uh, they'll, they'll get another weapon or two for him, uh, see what he does this year, and then kind of position themselves with two first-round picks next year to go up and get a quarterback if they don't feel like, you know, that progression is continuing for her. So I feel like this is kind of a one-and-let's-see one and type of situation. One more year under the offense, under Sirianni, give him a couple more weapons there and see if he can be the actual guy, if not, They'll probably move on next year. Couple more weapons. I mean, Jalen Hurts is my guy. You know, from the University of Alabama, I got won a ring with just yeah, some some really good times there with Jalen Hurts at Alabama. Uh, I, you say get him a weapon. It, look, they, he has no running backs. I, I know he's got Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, mm-hmm. Kenneth Gainwell, but three running backs means no running backs in my world. Whenever they split the handoffs <laughs> and split the carries, and we know the the injury concerns with Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and even Kenneth Gainwell now at this point. So I don't mm-hmm. really see uh, them having a backfield too much to say. I know they had Devonta. Smith uh, from Alabama as well, but he was had had some injury issues last year. A rookie, a wide receiver in the NFL, and all they do is fill up their wide receiver room with all these players that never seem to go anywhere. Pierre and they even acquired <laughs> Zach Pascal in the off season this year, and he's mm-hmm. looking like he's going to be probably penciled in for their third wide receiver slot. Yeah, I mean he's he's a really good blocker um, for one. Uh, witness that he's a really good blocker and. 
he's pretty reliable. He's not flashy. Uh, he'll he'll move the chains. Um, so best of luck to him. Obviously, he should be familiar with the offense, given that Sirianni was the offensive coordinator for the Colts before taking over the Eagles at coaching job. So he'll help. Um, but they they still need more. Devontae Smith just going into a second year. Uh, I'm sure he might take that next step. Uh, clearly, Dallas Goddard, uh, one of the top tight ends. So he has those two. But I mean, when you look at just some of the the success that we saw in the playoffs. You need those star players, you know. You, yeah. you look at the 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 Rams, you know, Cooper Cup, best if one of the top two, obviously him and Devontae Adams. I felt uh, wide receivers, but when Robert Woods went down, you know, they went and got Odell Beckham Jr. The unique weapons to, to throw it to, and Stafford hadn't won a playoff game in Detroit. Yeah, he had Calvin Johnson, but he did. He just didn't have a lot more. He had Galladay, but you need multiple weapons in today's NFL. I feel to be successful or you need one guy who is just unstoppable. And I don't think that's on the, the Eagles roster. So they need to, they need to hit on some of these, these picks, you know, they took Rager instead of Justin Jefferson. That's going to be forever talked about. You you got to get guys who can make plays to help out your quarterback, no matter who your quarterback is. Well, that bread and butter is going to be with that defense. I thought that defense played pretty well, especially their secondary last season. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever whenever I saw it, they just funneled everything in front of them, didn't let a lot of things get behind them, and were very fast to the ball. Uh, not a lot of things have switched there. I think that this team is still one of those leading teams, possibly, in this NFC East. I, I know we got four teams to choose from, and maybe they'll all be 500 teams again. <laughs> be fighting it out there at the end but uh, I don't mind the Eagles too much next season Pierre it's a winnable division um that's that's the only thing I can I can really say it's a winnable division it's it's not too hard uh to win it uh, again you probably need to get you know nine to, to ten wins and you're you're in the driver's seat so it's it's definitely within their radar to be successful I personally don't see them making the playoffs this year but a lot of crazier things can happen and the draft hasn't even taken place. So if they can land a a couple, you know, top notch players in the draft with their two first round picks, uh, then you're talking a different story. Fantasy, fantasy wise, I'll stay away from them. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Except for Hurts. Jalen Hurts is like the safest player because he is the running back. He say don't have running backs. He's the running back. Yeah, Goddard probably as well. He seemed to be implemented there towards the second half of the season, having some bigger games. Over on the Giants' side, look out, Daniel Jones. Tyrod Taylor has shown up in New York. He's going to take <laughs> over the city. I don't know what they're going to do in that quarterback room now. Uh, there, Daniel Jones has always had a short leash. We've always given him the benefit of the doubt, and he's always proven everybody wrong with that benefit of the doubt. You know, It just seems like <laughs> he can't put it all together all at the same time. He can. Um, he's he's got some talent. Like I can't say he doesn't. Like he's got some running upside as well. Um, so this is kind of a make or break year for him also, uh, which seems to be a, a theme so far in this division. But uh, he'll he'll get a chance. You know they got a, a new coach there as well. Mm-hmm. Barkley. You know he should be a year healthier coming off his own injuries. They they might lean on him a ton. They have a, a few you know pretty solid pass catchers if they can also stay healthy. Uh, so, I mean, their, their roster is decent, uh, at least on the offensive side of the ball. So I, I think they have a chance. But like you said, it's all going to depend on if if Daniel Jones can take that next step. I'm not sure he, he can, but I'm also not sure he can't because he, he's shown flashes uh, before he gets like concussions or fumbles or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes whenever he takes that next step, it's always a trip 
on the 10 yard line. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, they, they still have Saquon Barkley. A lot of rumors uh, cir- circulating him. I don't think that they should get rid of him unless they get a great package for him. And I don't know that anybody's necessarily going to give that for Saquon Barkley at this point of his career until he proves that he can come back from that entry. Matt Breida has signed there. I don't think there's a lot of uh, big, big, big time influence over Saquon Barkley's value there. Kenny Galladay, like you said, we got to see him do something in New York. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony should have a great sophomore season. Yeah in the NFL. Uh, we were really excited for him for a couple of games and then he just goes off. But man, the amount of broken tackles that he can get or missed tackles, the juke moves, all those things. <laughs> he looks like a really exciting player. I don't know if they can get him in open space or not, but those look like the big names. Uh, where, where's Sterling? Oh, Sterling Shepard is right there. Then they got Ricky Seals Jones and then they lost their old tight end. Who was their old tight end? Yeah, Evan Ingram. Uh, yeah. He went to the, the Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, got about nine million a year. Uh, got rid of uh, Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph, who they had brought in from Minnesota the year before as well. So going with Ricky Silas Jones, we'll, we'll see if mm. that can. I mean, he's not the most healthy mm. either, uh, mm. but I do like the receivers. I like Shepard. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was really solid at Oklahoma. He had a pretty good year before his injury. Galladay was a disappointment. Uh, obviously, he was the highest paid, you know, free agent wide receiver last last offseason. Didn't really pan out, but Tony, uh, he's talented. And uh, a lot of teams, like, not teams, a lot of fans kind of laughed at that pick. When they took him in the first round, uh, they're out of Florida. And once he got a chance to get on the field, he, he showed how talented he was. So I expect a pretty big year from him. I still like Slayton. You know, he's only 25. Darius Slayton's the, the fourth guy, you know, in that receiver room as well. So, again, they have some some solid pass catchers to probably get better at tight end need to protect um, Daniel Jones a bit more so they could go, you know, with their, their own offensive lineman here. They need to get better on the, the defense a bit. Uh, good, solid players, but there's there's even question marks there. I know they've had rumors that James Bradbury may be on the, the trade block himself leading up to the draft, so we'll see how that plays out. But, again, they, they, they have some talent on the offensive side of the ball. Can it be brought together to be determined? I think that's going to be the the big ordeal uh, for the Giants coming in this season. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that play out. They got Brian DeBow. You know, they took away Josh Allen's uh, offensive coordinator for their head coach. So we'll see how how good and creative he is now that he doesn't have Josh Allen at quarterback. Yeah. You're right. And and we've saved the biggest name, I guess, the Dallas Cowboys here on the Fantasy <laughs> Impact Today Network. Uh, we've saved them for last to talk about them. Uh, on our DFS Dreamer podcast, on the offseason stuff, all the offseason transitions. They still have Dak Prescott. They still have Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott. They still have C.D. Lamb. They still have Michael Gallup. Who? But James Washington? Pierre! Pierre! <laughs> Amari Cooper. That was one of the first big names that fell, the first hat that fell. Uh, Amari Cooper being traded. Was he traded to the Cleveland Browns? He was for a fifth-round pick. Oh. Like, I don't know how. I don't know how a coach didn't get involved in that. I know he makes $20 million a year, but if we're being honest, the salary cap isn't real. All, all people have to do is restructure, turn it into a signing bonus. All of a sudden, you know, you're you're under the cap, which is what most teams do. Uh, look at the Saints, look at the Rams, et cetera. So I would have given up a, a fifth-round pick for Amari Cooper for sure. You know, he's only 27 years old, but, you know, CeeDee Lamb becomes that, that wide receiver one. You're going to look at Gallup. He's going to be coming off an injury, so it could be a little slow for him to develop. Hopefully he's there early on this season. I like James Washington, Oklahoma State. 
Uh, I thought he had a, a pretty good year, good rapport with Mason Rudolph. Uh, they were both in Pittsburgh, and that rapport didn't continue um, there. But, you know, new opportunities. We can see how that kind of plays out there. They they got rid of Cedric Wilson as well, so that opens up uh, some of the wide receiver room. And there's already talk that they're looking at others in the draft as well, so they sure. could bring in another rookie, uh, Chris Olave, or someone like that that can really just kind of fill right in where, where Cooper left off, and all of a sudden this offense is up and running again. Uh, you mentioned Zeke Elliott, but Tony Pollard, you know, he's still there as well. I thought he looked better than Zeke most of last year. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I think the Cowboys are still the, the favorite on paper. I, I do feel that their defense has to get a little better uh, themselves. Obviously, Micah Parsons was a really big part of that sure. defense, you mm-hmm. know, last year. So if they can get him some help on that side of the ball, I do think they're the favorites to win the NFC East. I thought that move for Amari Cooper by the Cleveland Browns was crazy whenever it happened. We saw what happened with uh, Odell Beckham in Cleveland and and how it just didn't fit in and Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. throwing the ball. I've been a, I've I've watched Amari since he's come through in college whenever he started as a freshman at, at Alabama. I, I saw him. I, I know what he is. I know who he is. We saw him at the Raiders even mm-hmm. do the very same thing that I saw him do at Alabama and that's if the plays don't go his way. If he doesn't get that call, if he does he he'll he'll sit out on the sideline and he has a little bit of OBJ in him. Okay. Yeah. He does. He does. He's a prima, he's one of those <laughs> prima donna wide receivers is what he is. And so he will do that. And I thought, why in the world are the Browns bringing him in here? And then whenever all the Deshaun Watson stuff ended up happening, I said, oh, they, they knew they were getting Deshaun Watson. And that's, that's, what, that's the way I thought about it, because there was no way they should have brought him in. And they surely didn't have that short of memory to where they forgot what, what happened with OBJ to bring in somebody else with Baker Mayfield. They knew Baker Mayfield wasn't going to be their quarterback this season. I don't think they did. Um, oh, I, don't I, know. I, I, know, I know they did what it took to, to get Watson, but it was pretty close to him going to the Falcons which is why Matt Ryan became available in the first place. Like that's his hometown. He's from the Georgia area. It was extremely close. And it took the Browns basically giving him an offer that's really absurd with how much is guaranteed. And I think they probably think he's going to be suspended. So they, they only made it like 1 million uh, this upcoming year. Then the rest is kind of all backloaded uh, in his contract. So uh, maybe you can say that you think that they knew, but I, I feel like that it probably got a little hot and sweaty uh, there at the Browns front office, which is why they offered Watson what they did. Um, he's talented. Uh, I don't know what's going to ultimately play out with the, the off the field stuff there, um, but he's a, he's a talented quarterback. You saw that in Houston, uh, led a, a team that's really awful now without him. So him and, and Amari could have a, a really good uh, rapport. There's still guys out there they can, can try to bring in as well. Uh, Will Fuller is still a free agent. I know he missed most of the year with Miami, but he had a really good connection uh, with Watson there in Houston. Uh, rumors are there may, they may try to get Jarvis Landry back in there. So there's a lot that can take place. Not sure if Watson's going to play, um, which I think is part of the reason, you know, Baker may still be there. Uh, he might need to start next year uh, with the one year he has left on his contract, but Cooper gone. Uh, it should help the Browns a bit because they, they do need pass catchers there. Uh, but I think Dallas will be just fine uh, without him. Like we say to CDM, he's going to be wide receiver one. I think they'll draft uh, another top receiver. Jerry tends to like to go on the offensive side of the ball. And then Gallup's a really good receiver as well, but he can can stay healthy also. So I think the Cowboys will be just fine without Cooper 
probably would have got more than a fifth round pick when you you look at what some of these other receivers has gone for. Uh, but it was early in the process. Again, one of the first dominoes to fall. Uh, so lesson learned there from the Cowboys, I think. Okay, well, fine. Maybe they didn't know they were going to get Deshaun Watson, but they knew that Baker Mayfield <laughs> wasn't going to be their quarterback. Okay, I, I'm, I'm I, I will I will guarantee you they knew Baker Mayfield wasn't going to be their quarterback. I don't know how I'll ever prove it, and I don't know how you'll ever prove me wrong. It makes this long term. He he only has one year left. I think it's eighteen million, so he may not have been the long term answer. They may have known that, but I don't think they knew about it this year. Hmm. I'm telling. Well, maybe they'd like to give away money because that's what they would have done with Amari Cooper there. All right. So there's our NFC East. We'll take a look at the next NFC uh, conference or division. Maybe we'll bounce over to the AFC. I don't know. Maybe we'll stick in the East. I don't know what we're going to do, Pierre. But let, let me make sure everybody remembers uh, that they are going to follow the show for us uh, over on Twitter at FI Today with a little underscore. We got a little surprise coming up for you, by the way, Pierre. I've been working on some things. Been working on some things, buddy, in this yeah. uh, little downtime. Yeah. So I might be able to bring some good news to the listeners next week we'll work on it next week maybe i'll be able to announce that here on the the baby bowl podcast that we're going to do later on this week with rob norton uh but also let me make sure you are following pierre at peewee 31 over on twitter has the viral tweets about carson wentz that's your you found your sweet spot there buddy bro found your sweet spot with carson wentz and don't get yeah, <laughs> at loafing it over on Twitter as well. Uh, and, and please like the show, subscribe to the show, tell your friends about the show. We're going to keep uh, bringing you different kinds of content throughout the time just to make sure that we're up to speed on everything. And speaking about up to speed, Pierre, I, uh, you know, I'm an old man. I've said that a couple of times. Birthday's coming up here pretty soon. My teenager won't let me forget that I'm turning 50 this year, you know, that kind of a thing. And I don't know what in the world's going on in the NBA playoffs anymore. I have no idea. Well, I mean, what is, what is, and I know they kind of implemented some of this stuff during the COVID thing. I started trying to research it mm-hmm. and my brain exploded. I didn't understand what's going on. I don't, what's a, what is a play in tournament? Yeah. So they, they pretty much just explained it. That's the, that's the thing right now for sports. Uh, expand your playoffs, uh, allow a couple more teams chance to get in, earn some more revenue, et cetera. So the, the play-in basically takes 10 teams now. So it used to just be top eight each conference. Right. You know, the eight played the one, seven played the two, et cetera. Well, now there's 10 where the, the seven plays the eight. Um, the winner of that hold on, game. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Seven plays the eight. Let's can can we use actual names of the teams? Yes. I'm, so for the Eastern Conference, seven, if you tell me seven plays the eight, I, I then eight eight nine, and that's why there's no cookies <laughs> or something. For the Eastern Conference, uh, the seven seeds, the the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. Uh, they'll face the eighth seed, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, I got um, you. What will take place is the winner of that game is the seven seed, and they're in the playoffs. Okay, so they just got to win once. Yes, the winner of that game is in the playoffs. Okay, so it's a play-in game. So it's like, it's like the uh, uh, sixty-four and sixty-five teams in the the March Madness. Yep. I think I yep. said that. Okay, okay, Correct. okay, play-in Correct. game. I got you. So then there's uh, the nine and ten, which are the Atlanta Hawks are the nine seed in the Eastern Conference, okay. and the Charlotte Hornets are the ten seed okay. in the Eastern Conference. The winner of that plays the loser of the Nets and the Cavaliers. Oh, so it's like one of those uh, uh was a Red Robin tournament or a Robin whatever. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the the Nets or Cavaliers at seven or eight seed, whoever loses that gets one more chance. So okay. they will play the winner of the Hawks and Hornets, and then whoever wins that game is the eight seed and the final team in the playoffs for that conference. 
So whoever loses Atlanta Charlotte is done. Whoever Correct. wins has to play the loser of the Brooklyn Cleveland game, and whoever wins that is in. Okay, I got Correct. you. I got you. Okay, so both. All Correct. right, all right. Now I have you. So Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, Toronto, and Chicago. My Bulls are in. I thought the Pacers were going to end up being a little bit better team than what they were, especially in the midseason. Whenever they made those trades, uh, what a great trade that was to get bring Halliburton. When they, who it is? Oh, I love it. I love it. Him and, and Buddy Hield and. We started tanking. Once that happened, we started tanking. So, oh, really? But, yeah. Uh, but we, you guys we, had those big men down low, too, that I that I I was all over on DFS for a while there because on my DFS preferred slate on Yahoo, yeah. I was uh, those guys were like ten bucks, eleven bucks, and they were always giving me eleven twenty <laughs> or giving me twenty nineteen bucks or points each and every night, and I was like, all right, all right, I like it. <laughs> I bet, yeah. We got some young, we got some young talent, some young talent. We we should add to that. Uh, we're, we're, we're we finished fifth, so right now we're slated before the draft lottery to be a a top five pick. Uh, obviously, that can change. It could go as worse to eight, could go up to one, depending on how the lottery went. Uh, we actually have some investment in this Cavaliers uh, play-in. So um, one of our trades was Karis LeVert. Uh, we sent to the Cavaliers for for Ricky Rubio and a protected first round pick. So if the Cavs win either one of their games, we get their first round pick as well. We being the Pacers, if they lose and get eliminated, then we don't get their first round pick this year. It flips over to next year. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. But I, I'm gonna be a Cavs fan <laughs> next okay. two next two games they play in, in hopes that we get their first round pick. Boy, what a what a what a way for a season to end for Tibbs and the New York Knicks. They were uh, just on fire last year. I really and 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 here it is, third year I think under Tibbs regime, and and once again the same thing is going on in New York that follows him around at every single turn. A team that he goes and he tries to coach, uh, the team just quit on him. It, it really felt like the team just quit on him. And they weren't going to play for Tibbs anymore. He he seems to play his guys too much. Potentially, that's how that's how I see. He did it in Chicago. Um, obviously, you seem like the Rose injuries, but he plays guys too much. They get worn down, and then guys who should get playing time don't. Uh, I think like Emmanuel Quickly, I think he's a really good player. Obi Toppin, who was their first-round pick a couple years ago, I feel is a good player. And they, who they couldn't just find the floor, the floor, by the way. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> until late. So I, I don't know. Uh, I think there will probably be some changes there. Uh, with New York, we know that that city, that fan base, loves the Knicks. Uh, they want to see success. Uh, so something will happen there. We'll we'll go over the the Western Conference real fast. So the seventh seed in the West is the Minnesota Timberwolves. They'll be taking on the Los Angeles Clippers, who are the eight seed. So the winner of that game uh, gets the seventh seed and is automatically in the the playoffs. Uh, the loser will face the winner of the New Orleans Pelicans, who are the nine seed without Zion, and then the the tenth seed San Antonio Spurs. So that's the the West. Should be some pretty good matchups, uh, good players, and, and both of those. And you got some some top seeds waiting. So the, the West had Phoenix and Memphis as a one and two seeds. I, I think Phoenix probably is going to come out of that conference again. Uh, the East had the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics at one and two. So they're they're awaiting the winners of these playing games. And the DFS, I had to take a break from NBA DFS because you <laughs> never knew who was playing anymore towards the end of the season. So you just take a break and save your money, right, a little bit because uh, I can't keep up with all those lineup changes every single, you know, before lock like you were talking about earlier. Uh, but now, come playoff time, 
it's it's fun for me again to play NBA mm-hmm. DFS because you could play the big dogs and you can see the matchups and you can, and you can kind of start sorting those things out a little bit even beforehand. Uh, and I think that that's what we got to do in NBA playoff DFS is play the big dogs, right? Yes, to an extent. So I, I like to go really balanced in the playoffs. Uh, the reason I say that is your your role players, your your players that are are usually cheaper in salary. Mm-hmm. don't see the court as much. So that value is not there as much as it is during the regular season because, you know, that those there's usually seven, maybe seven guys, seven to eight guys in a rotation when it comes to the playoffs. So I go balanced because I, I try to fit as many starters in as possible. Sure. I want, I want guys that are going to be on the floor, that are going to have some usage, that are going to have a chance – Versus guys, you know, coming off the bench that may only play, you know, 15 minutes a night. Obviously, sure. if a guy gets in foul trouble, that can change, but you you can't predict foul trouble. So I personally, I don't I don't necessarily pay up for those big stars, your your Giannis's, your Durant's, um, if I can't fit in other starters. If I can fit in other starters, great. If I can't, I, I might go uh, instead of Durant, you know, I, I might go down to to Kyrie if he's a little cheaper or let's say Andre Drummond, someone like that. And for the Bucks, you know, you can go Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, guys that are still going to be on the floor, may not have as much usage, but their points are going to add up. If they both get you, you know, 30 and 40, uh, what two of them, and you get 70 points and you have a, a Giannis maybe only gets 40 and then some, you know, role player scrub gets you five or 10, you know, you're going to now outscore that Giannis pairing with two starters. So that's just the way I go. Sometimes it backfires if, you know, those stars have big games. I, I tend to go star heavy once you get closer to the, the finals. So like your conference finals, I'll start to play your your Durant, your Giannis's then. But I don't usually do it in the first round because you still have blowouts. Uh, There's still, you know, matchup issues with the one versus eight seeds, the two versus sevens. So that's just my strategy personally early on is to, to be balanced and try to get as many starters as possible. I got you. And you have plenty of options over there on your preferred DFS uh, slay, or, or, or system over there on DraftKings <laughs> like you like to play over there because you got guys that start at center that's also uh, point guard and shooter guard and small yes. forward eligible, you know, so you got plenty of options to mix and match. I am a simple man, Pierre. Whenever I sit down <laughs> and play the PlayStation or anything like that, I'm like, where are the old man settings for this? I just want to hit the X button. And, you know, if I'm playing Madden, X should be speed, Circles should be spin, you know, juke left, right, you know, kind of a thing. I, I want it simple. One button. Whenever I play baseball, I just want to hit the X button. That's all I want to do. And so for me, I prefer to play over there on Yahoo where I don't have as many options. Point guards are point guards. Shooting guards are shooting guards, you know, and I'm, I'm right there on it. And then I don't even have to multiply like the crazy numbers that you do because I'm looking for over one, uh, you know, like one and a half points, their value or one and a half times their, their dollar amount or two times mm-hmm. their dollar amount, which is really simple because if I got a $10 guy, I want him to get 20 points. You know, <laughs> I'd love, love for him to get 50, but I'm shooting for the 20 points. If I, if I get a $10 guy and then, then upward and so forth. But with you on that diff, I like Yahoo like that. I, I don't know why you, you know, you DFS snobs don't like Yahoo as much. <laughs> I don't know we're snobs. It's just I mean, humans don't like change. Um, <laughs> humans definitely don't like change if it's not their idea. So I think that's part of it. You just get used to, 
you know, the platform that you're on, whether it be, you know, like, like you said with me, I, I'm a DraftKings. I, I'm used to their app. I'm used to their platform. I know how to filter and get to, to what I need to get to. Um, I'm sure there's some folks that do, you know, FanDuel. Yahoo's kind of, you know, third in line, honestly. I, I think part of that's the, the contest. So they're they're not as big when it comes to, to operating. And a lot of players are, are drawn to those big amounts that you can win uh, which is really dangerous because the odds of winning those bigger mounts are are very slim, almost like the lottery. Um, so I can understand, you know, why you would want to play on Yahoo because they do give you, you know, contests that are more reasonable uh, from an entry standpoint. Uh, there's not as many sharps on there because they don't have all the contest options uh, that you see on a, a DraftKings or a FanDuel. Uh, but in addition, like they they do a lot of really cool items to, to kind of get you there. Like I know like during the NFL, I was over there a little bit because they would basically give you site credit. Like you would enter in, let's say a $15 contest and you were guaranteed to get your money back. It's like, that's like no risk at all. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lose anything. Uh, so when you look at some of the contests they do there, then yes, um, Yahoo is definitely great for beginners or even those that just, you know, want to take a couple yeah. shots at the bigger contest to, to kind of get their money back. Uh, I don't mind. I don't mind Yahoo. I know you call me a snob. I just prefer, <laughs> I prefer DraftKings because that's what I'm used to. Uh, oh, again, I'm fine, familiar fine. with it. I mean, et hey, listen, you, I know you like what you like. I understand. And we do the DFS Dreamer podcast here and we look at the DraftKings board. I just sit there and I look at Yahoo and I go, they, not in the podcast about Yahoo. I like the simplicity of it. And what do you mean about not mm-hmm. big contest? There, there are plenty of big contests out there, Pierre, on the Yahoo slate. I, I see them out there. There's 50-cent contests. There's dollar contests. <laughs> I think we just lost like half the people that were listening. <laughs> well, I like the quarter contests. No, no, I'm there, saying there to are. first, to first. Like, there's no millionaire makers. Oh, well, you know, you're right, you're right, you're right. And, 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 and I like them both. I'll be honest with you, I like them both. I like to mix and match. I got both of those apps sitting there right on the front page of my phone. Um, and I, I I do get a little bit confused. I do make myself dizzy whenever I start doing uh, NBA on DraftKings, though, <laughs> because I'm like, holy cow, I can put these guys in so many different places. I look like the conspiracy, uh, the the GIF that, that where I'm connecting all these different <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, the multi-position that, eligibility has gotten a little out of hand. I'll give you that. <laughs> it's worse than Yahoo's baseball leagues, okay? Uh, hey, there you go. I, little, <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of baseball, let's go over here to the baseball pier, and I want to talk just league leaders. I know it's only been a short period of time, but, man, I love to watch these things as the year goes on, and I want to bring this to the listeners because I bet you we have a lot of listeners who are in some kind of MLB MLB fantasy league somewhere down the line, and maybe we can bring some names to their attention, whether you're in a 10 team, 12 team, where head to head, roto, whatever you're in. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and maybe we can bring some names to it. I know you and I have those vested interests in baseball, too. And to be honest with you, that was my first love. You know, baseball was always my first love. That's the game you go out in the yard and play a little bit more. And, and it seems mm-hmm. like, you know, when you're young, that's that's your first love. And I lost the love for baseball until somebody brought me into fantasy baseball. And then the stats started taking over again. And man alive, I just, I love all the numbers in baseball. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, there were some I wasn't even familiar with until I started playing fantasy. Huh. Uh, so that's, it's nice. It wasn't my first love. I was, I was actually a basketball kid growing up, but I enjoy baseball, Cubs fan, uh, in a triple play uh, fantasy league uh, with the triple play guys. So I, I got some vested interest. 
in MLB myself early, early in the season so far. Uh, some young names that I, I don't really know too much uh, coming up, doing well. Uh, got some familiar names that are, are doing well as well. So I'm glad it's back. I'm glad we didn't have a lockout, uh, yeah. which was, was looking like that for a while. And uh, hopefully the, the temps start to warm up and, you know, the, the pitching and batting, you know, really starts to take off. No, it definitely will. And this is uh, Monday the 11th. And we're just going to look at these statistics and kind of give you the league leaders. And and I was trying to think of a good name. I don't want to call them league losers of people who haven't done really well uh, <laughs> because I don't, I don't, I'll get beat up if I do that. So I don't know, league leaders and then the ones at the bottom of everything here. So let's look at the runs first, Pierre, uh, as we sure. do this. And I was shocked. Look, Jose Abreu, three games in. He's got six runs scored already for the Chicago White Sox. He's tied with Quan, Stephen Quan, who is a great rookie, by the way. If you haven't picked him mm-hmm. up, if he's out there in any of your leagues, he plays for the Cleveland Guardians. Stephen Quan, great eye for the baseball. Uh, on-base percentage is going to go through the roof. His batting average is just fine. I'm not sure how he's going to do in steals and in home runs. In the pros, he did pretty well in college. I think he played out there in Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. So Stephen Quan is one of those guys that you must go out there and pick up. Uh, Miles Straw as well with six runs scored. So the guard are scoring a lot of runs, but I can't believe Jose Abreu is sitting there and he's like probably in the four hole or the three hole for the White Sox on a daily basis. He is. Um, he's surrounded by, by some talent, though. So you, you look at kind of where he's been. You got, you know, your Loy Jimenez coming in. Yes, Monte mm-hmm. Grandal's after him. Uh, Andrew Vaughn, uh, big prospect uh, for the, the White Sox as well, has been hitting behind him. So he's getting on. Uh, himself and he's just got really good bats behind him to, to knock him around uh they're playing the tigers as well that was their first series so that, <laughs> that, that kind of helps uh <laughs> similar to the the guardians there against the the uh, royals is who they've been playing uh putting up runs i know wind was like 20 miles an hour blowing out uh yesterday i believe when they scored like 17 runs so yeah those are factors that'll that'll come back to earth a little bit with uh, better competition but yeah interesting start uh, for sure, for both of those guys. I am giving Stephen Kwan the nickname King Kwan right now. King Kwan. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt at five, and then a bunch of people there at four, Pierre. I don't think anybody really jumps out at me. Four is not that impressive a number this early in the season, but it does mean you're being productive. As far as hits go, which is going to mm-hmm. accumulate batting average, King Kwan is sitting there on top of the hits chart as well with nine. Incredible. I saw some stat uh, today where, you know, he's like one of the first rookies ever to be able to do this. You know how it is. You know how baseball's got all these things. Mark <laughs> Kanye, is that how you say his name? I can't remember how you say his last name there for the New York Mets with Kana. eight hits. Kanye, that's a, it looks like Kanye. Uh, maybe I, maybe it doesn't. Okay, <laughs> but but he's got a 7.27 average in New York uh, last year. Now he's going to be a little fooling here in fantasy sports or in your fantasy stats because he had 90 something runs scored last season, but he was hitting at the top of the lineup as well. This year he's down there towards the seventh eighth spot for the Mets, and I don't think he's going to quite get as many runs scored as you see there. He's only got two so far this year, but still getting on base a lot there for him. I, I kind of regret dropping him in a league I, I took over uh, a little bit just because it would have helped him <laughs> adding average and on-base percentage, but I think that'll balance out. Uh, He's always been good against lefties, so even when he was in Oakland, I, I always like to play him uh, against left-handed pitchers. Uh, it's a slight ballpark upgrade as well when you look at you know the city yeah. field in comparison to, to Oakland, so that's going to play a part also, but uh, yeah, I usually prefer him against left-handed pitchers. 
Matt Olson is at eight. Ahmad Rosario for the Cleveland Guardians as well. Shortstop, probably outfield eligible too, depending on what platform you play for. Uh, he's got eight. Ben Attendee, who I think hit a home run today even, with seven yes. hits so far this year, doing really well. Jeff McNeil, another name down there that we may have forgotten about. Corey Seager changed teams. He's over with Texas now. Texas is putting up a lot of runs. They might be a team to start looking at from a fantasy perspective as well, Pierre. <laughs> they spent a lot of money, so they, they better put up something because Seager, Simeon, those guys got paid. So they're they're going for it. They're, they're trying to turn you know, that franchise around. And sometimes you, you got to do that. If you can't build uh, within your own farm system, you got to go out and, and pay guys that are or free agents that are, are already, you know, major league talents. And that's what they did. Uh, so we'll see if it, if it plays out, you know, it gets warm down there in Texas as well. So the, I think they, I think they put in a humidor uh, a year or two ago. So it might slow it down a bit, but yeah, they, they got some hits. They got some, some batters in there that can't hit. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out with the, the Rangers. I know they're down right now. I think it's 4-3 uh, to the Rockies. But they, there's some talent on that team for sure. Something I am, and then a lot of people there at uh, uh, sixes all the way down. Something I'm noticing, though, is a lot of Cleveland a lot of Cleveland players there, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of New York Met players there, which tells me whenever you see fantasy relevance, uh, you will see fantasy relevance against Kansas City Royal pitching staff so far and <laughs> the Washington football, uh, Washington football. OK, we're doing too many sports. <laughs> National. <laughs> Washington Nationals as well. You're going to see some fantasy relevance there. All right. Colorado mm-hmm. guys there, too. I guess it was a, a series in Colorado. Home runs, Pierre. Who's leading the league in home runs? Buxton, I believe. Uh, he hit two yeah. yesterday. I think he's at three. He can stay healthy. Um, he's going to be dangerous. He, he's talented. Health is going to be the key uh, for him. But, I mean, he's crushing it, too. Like, I think the, the first one he hit, 101-mile-an-hour fastball, and yeah. he got a hold of all of it. So, uh, he's, he's leading right now. We'll see. And the guy right behind him, or at least one of the guys right behind him, has a big-time power as well. And that's a – Juan Carlos Stanton. So we'll see how that plays out with the home run race. Juan Car- oh, where, where you? Oh, you got him way down there. I mean, Pierre, like you must have him on fantasy teams all over the place because he's almost at the bottom of my page. Nolan Arenado <laughs> alphabetically is right below him with two home runs, which is good to see him uh, adjusting over to St. Louis. You know, you get paid a big contract and everything. You change sight lines, all those things. Why did, why did the why did the Rockies trade him? Yeah, dude, you know. Uh, you don't know. Uh, who they, knows? they traded him with that big contract to the Cardinals, yeah. who I, I think we both can't stand. But then they bring in Chris Bryant yeah. for a big contract. And yeah. I love KB, obviously, because they love KB. But I take Aaron Otto over Chris Bryant. I don't know what they were. I don't know what they were thinking. I, you know, I don't try to outsmart the Colorado Rocky front office okay because i think you just be spinning your wheels all day seth brown that's a name in oakland uh not a lot of offensive players in oakland but seth brown mm-hmm. is one of those guys who pops up on the radar every once in a while he might be something to pay attention to uh not doing great in other areas but uh he's got two home runs seven rbis this season there's a lot of people there with two home runs danny jansen i want to say that name catcher eligible <laughs> in toronto because catchers are always hard to find uh, he's he mixes and matches though he's not an everyday catcher i don't know if many of them are anymore um that that that's the names i see right now that's kind of jumping off the list that could be players and that andrew vaughn that andrew vaughn might oh, be yeah. out there on that's some what rosters. i was gonna say if he's if he's there in the and the and and the pollock injury issues as well in chicago mm-hmm. i think that vaughn is going to have plenty of playing time in chicago 
Yeah, he's got serious power. Um, like Andrew Vaughn quite a bit. Uh, there's some guys not up here quite yet um, as well. I think you'll see some yeah. Phillies oh, yeah. uh, start to climb. I'm, I'm going to love Kyle Schwarber uh, there oh, yeah. in Philly, that left-handed power uh, leading off with Harper. So I'm sure he'll get up there, but just not yet. Rizzo, you know, he's got two. So all these Cubs are, are all of a sudden hitting. Now if they're no longer Cubs, so that kind of hurts a little bit. But we'll, let's see how the season unfolds for, for everyone else. Over on RBIs, we might as well say his name. We'll give him credit where credit is due. Oscar Mercado, I think Mercado, Mercado with the Cleveland Guardians is up there with eight. We're not going to say that next week. I just, I got, I'm going out on limb. I'm going to say he's not going to be leading the Major (laughs) League Baseball. He's got uh, two home runs as well this season, but he's only batting 188. So don't go crazy for him yet. He's been a letdown a lot of different years for us. So uh, he's there. Nolan Arenado, Seth Brown, Alex Bregman, Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill is one of those names I wish I would have got more of. In the yeah. MLB drafts, he is just really good. There is our Chicago Cub guy, though, Suzuki. He's down yeah, there with six yeah. RBIs, one home run, had a big, big home run the other day. Uh, he's doing pretty well, but if look at the strikeouts. He's got four strikeouts as well. Two, three hits, four strikeouts. Hey, not too bad. <laughs> it's not, but keep in mind, like, they're playing the Brewers, who, who's got a really good pitching staff. They got, you know, Corbin Burns. They got Woodruff. Um, they got Hater coming out of the, the bullpen, Peralta. So the Cubs played a, a pretty dominant staff that'll be even more dominant once they have some under the belt. Uh, he's he's pretty patient at the play. If you watch, I, I like his patience, uh, really good eyes. So you mentioned his his strikeouts are four. He also has four walks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a, a one-to-one ratio, a walk to strikeout right now. So I, I think he's, 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 he's giving me hope. I was concerned it could be like a, a Kosuke Fukudome situation uh, that we went through years ago. But so far, so good for, for Seiya Suzuki, and hopefully that continues. Over there on the walks, you talked about walks a little bit. I like looking at walks because it's one of those things where I'm like, Luke Voigt. You, you've got 10 at-bats, you've got two hits, and you've got seven <laughs> walks and one RBI. Come on, Luke Voigt. We're all pulling for you there in San Diego. I don't know if they're pitching around him. I don't know what's going on. Seven walks, though, is not helping me out in a non-OBP league. It's just driving me crazy whenever I see him get up there and there's like 0 for 2, 0 for, you know, 0 for 1 for the night. 0 for 1? What happened to the guy? What is he doing? Paul Goldschmidt with 5, and we, we see all these names. Stephen Kwan there again, and like you said, Suzuki. So a lot of names, whenever I see that, like a Stephen Kwan, get that many hits have that many walks you know the plate discipline is there I think the first game they had him batting eighth maybe I think in the in the game and then since then he's been in the two hole for him each and every time so I I know they have a lot of confidence in Stephen Kwan yeah he's looked really good got a another hit today uh went one for three two runs three RBIs two more walks so uh, again we'll see what happens once they they aren't playing the Royals but really good start uh for the the Guardians uh, lineup really in general uh, okay, they've been raking against them. They really have. Over on the strikeout side, not not pitchers. I like to look at the batter strikeouts because it, <laughs> it makes me giggle. It makes me giggle. Okay. Cedric Mullins with nine strikeouts. <laughs> 16 <laughs> at-bats, and he has nine strikeouts per year. Cedric Mullins batting 188. I think he did a little bit better today, so maybe this isn't updated right now. Dansby Swanson with eight strikeouts as well in 12 at-bats. Mm-hmm. Joe Adele, woo, struggling. Struggling. Can we say Joe Adele is struggling? Is it too early to give up on Joe Adele right now? Seven strikeouts and nine at-bats. Hasn't seen a hit. Hasn't seen a walk. What's going on with Joe Adele, Pierre? Are we going to – should people drop him if they drafted him and go ahead and move I, on? I wouldn't drop him just yet. Um, first series, uh, so definitely keep that in mind. The, the Angels are concerning, though. 
Um, you look at the the talent. Obviously, Mike Trout's the the big one. Uh, they've made the playoffs once in, in Mike Trout's tenure. They've they've tried to go out and get talent. They have Otani now, um, but they still just struggle to to score runs for some reason. Got Rendon. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the Angels. I'm not sure there. I think Trout, you know, he was scratched tonight. So he could be hurt again already. We're only a couple games in. So mm. concerning with the Angels, but I, I wouldn't give up on anybody uh, first series. You know, you, you got to keep in mind, you know, spring training, uh, even though they had it, it was still a little shortened with all the, the lockout stress and stuff that was going on, uh, trying to get everybody as possible, some plate appearances, so I, I, I give it a little bit, let these guys kind of, you know, get some confidence, get in the, the batting cages, batting practice um, but before we just kind of cut ties with them. Okay. Uh, but definitely pay attention because if there's someone's hot, you don't want to miss out on someone that's hot either that's on the waiver wire. Uh, so I pay attention, uh, but I wouldn't give up on Adele just yet now. Yeah, and these guys are trade trade to me. These are you know you can you can maybe get these guys on the cheap right now. Cedric mm-hmm. Mullins, you could get on the cheap. Dansby Swanson, you can get on the cheap. Don't uh, Joe Adele? Yeah, I don't cheap. know about don't, Mullins. Don't. Mullins was a pretty high pick for. for yeah, he was. And, but I'm saying you know people might get frustrated. These are names maybe not right now that you can get, but maybe at the yeah. end of this week if the trend st- continues to go where he's batting 188. People may yeah, be like, sure. okay, I'll take whatever I can get for him at this point because I'm about to drop him. You know, <laughs> Framil sure. Reyes is another name right there. Seven strikeouts, uh, batting 263 in that Guardian lineup that we just talked about that's, that's really hot. And you know, mm-hmm. Framil Reyes is going to start hitting the ball. Willie Adams, he's going to be great in Milwaukee, I believe. He performed really well towards the end of last season. So I think he's the name that we could always also look out for. Pete Alonso struck out six times so far. And once again, we talked about the Mets having a pretty good lineup there. Uh, mm-hmm. So a lot of people there with six strikeouts, but it's just neat to see the names go on there. You know, who used to be Jorge Soler used to be on that list. <laughs> White bit on the strikeout list. That's I'm surprised. Surprised. surprised he hasn't gotten up there yet. He swings at everything, but everything. he's in Detroit now, so I'm not everything. as invested. Stolen bases, Janikowski over there with the Mets. I think he's a part-time player. The only four at-bats I wouldn't spend a lot on there. Mateo mm-hmm. with Baltimore. He's got two stolen bases already in 12 at-bats, so whenever he gets on base, he's going to end up getting over there, mm-hmm. batting 250 right now. Luis Robert. Luis Robert with the Chicago White Sox has two stolen bases, batting 385. We could be looking at the MVP of the league right here, Pierre. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, my heart starts flitter-flattering whenever I talk about Luis Robert. Yeah, I like Luis quite a bit. Um, again, hopefully he can stay healthy, but he's hitting a two-hole uh, right now for the White Sox, and they just got uh, Timmy Anderson back off of his suspension from the the issue at the end of last season with the the official. So you're, you're going one, two, Timmy Anderson, then Luis. I believe they have a Brayu in the, the three hole. So that's just a, a dangerous start to the game. And he's just so strong, so powerful, obviously fast with the stolen base upside. Uh, so I do like him quite a bit. I have a, I have a Miles Straw myself in the, the triple play fantasy league. I liked him uh, from what I saw with the Astros. So I went ahead and drafted him. So I'm glad to see the, the couple steals that he has. Uh, so far for the Guardians as well. Yeah, and I was going to say Miles Straw, and I have him. And if he's out there, if he didn't get drafted, because he is kind of – he was one of those guys down there in the later rounds of of most MLB drafts mm-hmm. that I was in. And if he's still down there, go ahead and get him. He's batting leadoff for the Guardians. They just signed him to a five-year contract extension, I believe. So yep. they are invested completely in him, and we've already talked about their explosiveness. Over on the pitching side, Pierre, I don't know if we can get in a lot into the pitching because most of these players have only had one start. Uh, I believe, but 
And and I you know I don't even know if I want to get into the pitch because it's so it's so hard. I, there's some names though that shock me as far as walks given up by pitchers like Sandy Alcantara. Usually a guy, one of those guys who we think of that has really good command, really good control, but yet he gave up five walks, had four strikeouts uh, in his game. When did he play? Did he play earlier today. He played over the weekend. Played over the weekend. Uh, <laughs> it's still it's five tough, walks is a lot. It is. It is. But I mean, you gotta look at like the Grapefruit League spring training. Sure. They're not out there a lot. They're not stretched. You're looking at, you know, maybe two innings uh, for a lot of these guys. And even so, when you look at some of the the early on, like DFS, like I haven't been paying up for those top pitchers because they're not going, you know, what, four innings right now. They're just not mm-hmm. stretched out. Yep, yep. Uh, so as they get stretched out, you know, get more comfortable, uh, then you can start going to, to pitching. But right now, um, I try to go cheap. Uh, you got some of those, those vets, your, your Wainwrights who, you know, came out, Dylan looking pretty good. You know, Kyle Gibson looked solid his first outing. Even uh Syndergaard wasn't terrible <laughs> at right. his first outing. So those guys that are just, you know, vets used to it, uh, they're getting their innings in They're They're in pretty solid matchups, but other than that, you just got to be careful. Yep. Leading the league on. in, Leading the league in strikeouts for pitchers, Carlos Rodon, like you said, 12 strikeouts. Uh, only gave up two walks that game, which was mm-hmm. incredible. Uh, I streamed Kyle Gibson that day, and he has 10 strikeouts, so I, I looked at it there. Kind of just look at the strikeout ratios to the team that they're playing, you know, and I, I think he had a 30K parade or something like that, and so I was <laughs> picking on Kyle Gibson that, that game. Troy Atani with nine, we're used to seeing that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Chris Bassett, Dylan Cease, Musgrove, Avaldi, Logan Gilbert. Logan Gilbert is one of those sleepers. It, you know, if you are in a 10-team league, and Logan Gilbert is out there on your waiver wire. He is going to be somebody I'm going to say that you need to go out there and just pick up. I don't know who you want to drop for him. It doesn't matter to me who you want to drop for him because Logan <laughs> Gilbert is a must-own player on your team. He worked this offseason, um, I believe, on the slider and getting things right there. And also, mm-hmm. he spent a lot of time with Jacob DeGrom in this offseason, kind of learning all the tricks of the trade a little bit, I think. And Logan Gilbert was a guy <laughs> who is – one of those long, lean, lanky kind of fellas, and the ball gets up on the on the hitters really quick for out of Logan Gilbert's hand. So I I love Logan Gilbert this season. I have zero of him, but I wish I had. <laughs> I don't have him either, but yeah, he he was really solid uh, there against the Twins. Um, looking good, Seattle. You know, hopefully they can have another good year uh, after the season they had last year. Uh, we saw Hunter Green make his debut for the Reds. Yeah, uh, he looked really good there uh, against the Braves. So. Streamer though, I'd say he's a streamer. Right? He's not somebody I'd want to own right he's now. Not, but I mean, you know, he's the he's a top prospect for a reason. So you, yeah. you got to keep that in mind. Uh, you look at uh, McClanahan uh, for the Rays, uh, really good outing. Also, uh, keep in mind, uh, you know, tough, you know, Orioles. So you know, he <laughs> he he did have Cedric Mullins there on the other side. That could have been, you know, half the strikeouts. <laughs> who knows for that game but just some guys again early on that you you want to keep a keep a really close eye on to see if it continues Shamanaya there with the, the Padres you know he was solid in Oakland you know maybe he continues to be good in, in San Diego so just just keep an eye on some of these guys early on that maybe you're not familiar with uh, Kyle Wright's another one for the Braves that mm-hmm. you might be able to go get that no one's on right now but if they have another uh, one or two good outings, they're going to get picked up really quick and your window of opportunity is closed. 
Yes, and we're going to try to do this each and every week. Uh, we'll bring this podcast to you. We're going to record Mondays, Tuesdays, some days right there at the beginning of the week, though, <laughs> so we can get this out to you, review all these different uh, NFL, NBA, do the different MLB stuff each and every week so we can get some information out there to you. Pierre, I have it is it was way too long, but I have appreciated it. <laughs> not, I mean, way too long before we talk. I think we go on for two hours. I don't know if we can talk about Sean Manaya for two hours, but... Uh, I do appreciate the conversation that we have about these sports, and I always appreciate you, bud. I appreciate you, too. Good to be back. Uh, Just talking sports. I think we're both in a a comfort zone for a bit, so hopefully we can keep this going throughout, you know, the NFL offseason, and it'll be here before you know it. Uh, The summer flies, at least here in Indiana. The summer flies because it's winter, like seven out of 12 months. (laughs) So it'll be football season for me before you know it. I think I saw it was 22 day, 22 Sundays before the football kicks off again. So it's not too long. Nice. Not too long. Nice. From there. Yes, sir. Hey, don't forget to follow Pierre over on Twitter at Wee 31 Follow me as well at Loafing It. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Happy Easter to everybody this coming week. And let me make sure you remember to go out into the world and find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.